Open your Bibles again to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. I didn't read this note. It may be too late. Navy blue Toyota Camry. Lights are left on. Toyota Camry. Lights are left on. They will go off eventually, but uh, if you're driving that, you might want to go, uh, might want to go turn them off. Colossians chapter 3, our text is the same as this morning. I just wasn't able to finish, and I wanted to finish the message that I began this morning. I will repeat some of what I said this morning. And our text verse is, For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the preaching of your word tonight. Lord, I hunger to bring honor and glory to you. And Lord, sometimes it is shameful that our behavior is so responsive to the circumstances of the world rather than our behavior being responsive to our relationship with you. And I pray that tonight we would take our eyes off the world of things that we cannot control. And certainly, Lord, may we obey the scripture as he tells us to set our affections on things above and not on things of the earth. And may we go away tonight saying, I am grateful to be a child of the King. Bless I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at verse number 3. The Bible says, And your life is hid with Christ in God. I have preached this verse before saying, My soul is secure in Christ. And I'm thankful that it is. And that sermon is true. Your soul is secure in Christ. But it says more than that. It says your life is hid with Christ in God. Your life includes your soul, but it also means body and spirit. Your emotions, your physical behavior, it it includes all that pertains to life. Second of all, our, our life is hid. That means it cannot be seen, it is covered, it cannot be harmed. It is, and I'm glad that nothing can happen in my life without God's permission. Uh, nothing can happen either without His permission or Him ordering it because my life is hid. It is hidden. I'm glad Satan can't get to me. And if he does, it, it is in limitation by the, uh, by the permission of God and your life is hid. Then notice this, with Christ. Doesn't say in Christ, it says with Christ. I am with Christ and Christ is with me. And where we are hidden is in God. That's what it says. Your life is hid with Christ in God. I told this story this morning. A dear lady rode a bus route that I ran many years ago as a teenager. Her name was Samantha Bush. She lived in a house like many folks did uh, in Appalachia where I uh, worked a bus route and she lived in a single one-room rough lumber built house. Uh, She rode my bus every Sunday. I can see her in my mind's eye. I can see her big smile. And uh, she even sang every song. She would learn uh, the bus songs and she enjoyed it. Her house had, it was just one room, and one corner was her bed, 
There was a kitchen area where her food was kept. She had a, uh, in the middle of the house, she had a pot-bellied stove where she kept the house uh, warm in the winter, and that's what she cooked on. And uh, she had a couple of chairs over in a corner. I believe they were straw-bottom chairs. And uh, had you driven by her home, uh, perhaps some would say uh, that Samantha was poor uh, by this world's standards. However, Miss Bush, Samantha Bush, had something that most of the world does not have. And uh, she had a joy in the Lord. She had a happiness. She had a peace. She had a contentment. And it wasn't uh, what she lived in that gave it. It was who she lived with. You see, her life was hid with Christ in God. And I said this morning, there is great joy, not by what you live in, but by who you live with. I told you the story when my wife and I were married in the middle of uh, the uh, year, summer of 1987. Uh, We lived in a little small apartment above the church. It wasn't where we lived that made me happy. Ah, but it was who I lived with that brought great joy to my life. And the same is true where we live now. Where we live doesn't make me happy, but who I get to live with is the joy of my life. Now that's an illustration of what he's saying here. Uh, we are dead to the old life. We're dead and supposedly dead uh, dead uh, to the world. And we yield our lives as instruments of righteousness and we are hid with Christ in God. Now I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And I want you to notice, and I'll go faster through this passage this evening uh, than I did this morning. The world looks at the Christian and they are not impressed. Because the world is impressed by three things. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Uh, We don't promote the pride of life. We don't promote the lust of the flesh. We don't promote those things. In fact, uh, the flesh profiteth nothing. Uh, John 6, 63, the preaching of the word does not profit the flesh, but it does profit the spirit. And so we're not attracted to church by the appearance. We're attracted to church by what we find inside the church and what we find in Christ because our life is hid with Christ in God. And if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and you go to verse number 6, the Bible says, I'm sorry, verse number 7, by the word of truth, underline that phrase right there, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. By the way, when I got saved, I got saved because I believed His word, His word of truth. I received the power of God because the Holy Spirit of God moved inside me when I got saved and I received the armor of righteousness that I put on every day to 
to win in the battle of life. And he gave me these three things. Now, the Bible says in verse number 8, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, uh, as deceivers and, and yet true. The world looks at the, at the church and oftentimes they say of the church, uh, it is deception, it is deceit. And the truth is the devil uses a lot of places called the church to deceive. And the way you know if a, truth, if a church is truth is if they're preaching the word of God. If they're pointing you toward a man and toward an organization, you might want to find a church that's preaching the Bible and pointing you toward Christ. Ah, but the world says uh, uh, this is a place of deceit, but uh, the Bible tells us uh, that it is a place of uh, truth. Uh, The Bible says as unknown and yet well known. We may not be known in this world, but we are known of Christ. And I'd rather be known of Christ than any organization or group in all of the world. As dying, they say, and behold, we lived as chastened or living according to the standards, the commandments, the instruction of the Bible. They say, I don't want to live that dead, boring life. The truth is we're neither dead nor boring, but we are living life and we're living it to its fullest. Uh, You take a child of God that is walking with God and his relationship with God is what it ought to be. It doesn't matter where you put him, he'll still have joy and gladness because his life is not dependent on circumstances. His life is dependent on his relationship with the Heavenly Father. Paul wrote from the prison and he said, Rejoice in the Lord always and again I say say rejoice. The Bible goes on to say as sorrowful yet always rejoicing and I love this statement poor yet making many rich. Everybody that got saved today they were poor but now they have the wealth of Christ. He gave us his wealth and he took our poverty. He took our rags of of, uh, of sin and he gave us a robe of righteousness and when we received him we became wealthy in Christ. Poor yet making many rich. Then it says and having nothing. The world looks on us and they think we have nothing. Ah, but the truth is we possess all things. For if you possess only things of this world, those things will rust, those things will rot, those things will fade away. But Peter tells us that you and I as a child of God, we have an inheritance that's laid up in heaven, it's undefiled, and it fadeth not away, and we'll enjoy it for all eternity. Heaven's wealth is not dependent on the stock market. It is not dependent on the Dow Jones Industrial. It's not uh, dependent on the Fortune 500 companies. It's dependent on the creator of the world. And I have tonight in my possession all things because I'm a child of the king. I want to say tonight we ought to rejoice. We ought to rejoice because we are, we are hid with Christ in God. Take your Bibles and go back to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. If ye then be risen with Christ, 
Now, what does that mean? Have you received Christ as Savior? If you have received Christ as Savior, that means when Christ died on the cross, he died for us or we died with him. And if we're risen with him, we have eternal life. Now, he said, if that's true in your life, if you've received him as Savior, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Then he says in verse number two to make this decision, set your affection, the word affection is love, the things that you love. You don't fall in love, you decide what to love. And so you set your love, you set your affection, he says, on things above, not on things on this earth. For we are dead, uh, for you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now in 2 Corinthians 6, the Bible says in that verse number 6, that phrase, by the word of God, it explains what we have with Christ in God. Now this is where I, where I came to an end this morning. I mentioned the statements. I'm going to take about 30 minutes on each one. I'd like to take a few minutes on each one and finish up my time in preaching tonight. The world looks at this book and they look at this and it is just a black leather bound black plain Bible. It used to have the words. In fact, I can still barely see them. Holy Bible. This book is not like a book of the world that is written with an attraction to uh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, or the pride of life. It is not what this book looks like. It's not how this book appeals to the flesh that got our attention. But it is the promises on the inside of this book that got our attention and made us and made us joint heirs with Christ and brought us to the place that we are hid with Christ in God. The world looks at us and they say, poor old Christians uh, clinging to their religion and their guns. And typically you cling to both at the same time. And that's all right. And, uh, uh, they, and they say, poor old Christians. And, uh, but friend, the reason they say that is they've never experienced, uh, they only look at it from the outside and they've never experienced uh, what we have experienced uh, on the inside. Brother Randy Sparks sent me a video of his grandmother that went to heaven yesterday. He sent me a video of her yesterday explaining salvation. And she took about a minute and a half and she just talked about that salvation is by grace through faith in Christ. I'm telling you, that little gal preached for a minute and a half. I shouted, I rejoiced. Let me tell you, if you're a critic from the outside, that means you've never experienced what's going on inside. In fact, let me show you how Isaiah explained it. Look at Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. Are you glad tonight that you're hid with Christ in God? It doesn't matter what our circumstances are. It doesn't matter what we live in. It's who we live with. It doesn't matter uh, what's around us. It's who's with us that makes the difference that brings joy and gladness to our life. And so we look at the book. We look at the Word of God. Here's what the Bible says in Isaiah 53. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For, she, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no 
beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. But look at verse 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. You know what the world looks for? They look for someone that has beauty. They look for someone that has a comeliness, that has a worldly attraction. And you look at the Bible and you say, well, that's a boring old book. Ah, but if the if the arm of the Lord was ever revealed to you, that the arm could reach down where we could not reach up, but He reached down and He lifted us up out of the miry clay and He set our feet on a solid rock and He established our goings and He put a song in our mouth. Dear friend, don't you let those that are Critics from the outside looking in. Don't you let the world judge the joy of your heart by the house you live in. Ah, but it's who you live with. And I'm glad that though the Savior came with no beauty and no physical attraction, He came as the sinless Lamb of God. And He died on the cross to pay for my sin and your sin. And as I open the Word of God, I say, Thank God I'm hid with Christ in God. Ephesians chapter 2, and you were dead in trespasses, and you hath he quickened who are dead in trespasses and sin. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not the cover that attracted me. It was not the cover that was appealing. It was the promises within that makes our relationship wonderful. It is he that gave me salvation. It is he that gave me joy. It is him that gave me peace. And he said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. He gave me a peace that will take me not just across the mountain, but will take me through the storms of life and the valleys of life and the valley of the shadow of death. I'm excited tonight, not what I live in, but who I live with. That's what makes a difference in the Christian life. We looked at the book this morning. In the book, it tells us about heaven and it tells us about a mansion, John chapter 14. It tells us about the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit. He said, I'll not leave you comfortless. He said, I will send another. And he did fulfill his promise as we open the book of Acts and find the fulfillment of the promise of the Holy Spirit coming. His all-sufficient grace is available. Second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 9, he said, for my grace is sufficient. And he says, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. You see, I am with Christ in God. Then there are other books that we find in heaven. Revelation chapter 20 tells us that there is a book, and that is a, and then there is a book of life. Turn your Bibles, if you will. Revelation chapter 20. Let's look at this as we did this morning. Verse number 11, the Bible says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. 
And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books, plural, were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. I rejoice tonight in the fact that I'm hid with Christ in God because when I look at the book of life by faith, my name is written in the book of life. You see, the world doesn't understand our joy because we're hid with Christ in God. Some have their names written in who's who. My name's written in the book of life. Some have their name recorded in Time Magazine. Mine's written in the Lamb's book of life. Some want their name written in the Hall of Fame. I'm glad that my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Some look forward to the day that their name is put in lights or on a marquee. I'm glad my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Some want their names written in the Guinness book of world records. I'm glad and satisfied that my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Some want their name on a school or a hospital or a ball field. Some want their name at the head of the board as the chairman of the board. I'm satisfied. I'm happy, I'm delighted that my name is written in the book of life in heaven and I'm glad it's not written in a pencil that it can be erased but it's written by the blood of Christ and it'll be there for all eternity I'm hid with Christ in God. I was preaching in Michigan this past week on Monday and Tuesday in Waterford, Michigan, a wonderful church. I was talking to a man after church on Monday night And uh, he said to me, he said, I I just want to tell you my testimony. He said, I just got saved two years ago. He said, all of my life I thought Christians in church was shallow. I I thought people went to church that were afraid. He said, until I got saved, I didn't realize how blind I had been. I did not realize how lost I have been. He said, I can't believe, and and I'm going to guess he was 30 years old. He said, I can't believe I lived all of my life that lost and that blind. Oh, but I sure am glad that I got saved two years ago. He said, I used to laugh at folks going to church. He said, I sat there tonight and thought, I wish we could stay here all evening and you'd just keep preaching and we would keep on singing. He said, I just love it. I can't believe how wonderful it is to be a child of God. I'm glad tonight my life is hid with Christ in God. The world may reject what seems to be ignorant people trusting in faith. The woke crowd, the NFL may reject God with their woke behavior and Coca-Cola and all the other Fortune 500 companies. The educational system may kick God out and replace him with a theory of evolution. Hollywood actors may mock and scoff at him for the fun and entertainment of mocking at Christians. The media may ignore the reality of true science and that science and truth is of God and God is science and God is truth. But I'm glad tonight that I know the creator of the world and I know him as my personal savior and I know him as my heavenly father and I know him as my personal friend and I walk with him and I talk with him and he tells me that I'm his own. I'm glad tonight that I am his. I'm glad I'm hid with Christ. Christ in God. 
I'm thankful that these books that are mentioned here in Revelation chapter 20 that records every sin that man has ever committed or omitted. There are sins of commission and then there are sins of omission to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. Oh, but dear friend, if you could look in those books tonight and if you could find your name and mine, those that have put their faith and trust in Christ, you may see your name, but you'll see nothing listed under your name because your sins are gone. I mean, they're wiped away. They're put in the sea of forgetfulness. They're separated as far as the east is from the west. I'm telling you tonight, our life is hid with Christ in God. Uh, uh, Psalm 32, 2, Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Psalm 103 and verse number 12, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgression from us. Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. Hallelujah. I am hidden with Christ in God. Acts 10, 43, to him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Take your Bibles and go to Romans chapter 10. There are some on the outside who would like to go to heaven, but they're like this crowd in Romans chapter 10. They're going about to establish their own righteousness. For if you look in the book of works, if you look at my record, and I'm not sure how many books I know the Bible talks about imputing or not imputing, which means to record I know that there's a bottle or bottles in heaven that he keeps our tears. God is a loving heavenly father. Somewhere there is a book that has my name, a book of life, the books, my sins have been, uh, have been taken away. But somewhere I have to have a righteous record in order to go to heaven. I have to have righteousness on my record because you see, unrighteousness cannot enter into heaven and you have to have righteousness to get into heaven. Romans chapter 10, the Bible says in verse 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Take your Bibles and go to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. And notice, if you will, in verse number 4. This is not the passage I'm looking for. Let me look at one other place here, and if I don't find it, I'll go on and preach without it. All right, here's what the Bible says in the passage I'm looking for. The Bible says, 
that the faith of Abraham in Christ, the faith of Abraham in Christ was counted to him for righteousness. So God doesn't put my righteousness on my account. He puts my faith in him. He puts his righteousness on my account. So what that means is, was Jesus kind? Did Jesus, quit looking for that passage and listen to me. Was Jesus kind to others? Answer me, was he or not? Every act of kindness is on my account. Every act of Jesus' kindness, you can look for it after church. You know it's there. You know it's there. And, and every act of kindness is on your account that Christ gave. For you see, my righteousness is as filthy rags. My sins are taken away. My sins that I've committed after salvation have not been imputed, but what he did record was his righteousness on my account. Was Jesus gracious? Yes or no? Then his graciousness is written on my account. Was Jesus forgiving? Then his forgiving of others is on my account. Was Jesus holy? Then his holiness is on my account. Was Jesus righteous? Yes, he was. His righteousness is on my account. When I stand before God, I stand before him as holy and righteous as Christ is because that's whose righteousness is on my account. It would be like my name being added uh, of my bank account. Well, this is a good thought. My name being added to the bank account of a multimillionaire. It's not my money, but I'd take it if he put my, my name on his account. Wouldn't that be a good thing? Like a fellow said, uh, hey, you found $10 in his pocket. And they said, what'd you think? He said, I think I had somebody else's britches on. And, uh, but what God said, I'm going to take my righteousness and I'm going to put it on your account. Now, that's what it means when the Bible says that our life is hid with Christ. With Christ in God. Now I'm glad my soul is secure. I'm glad it is. I'm glad it is eternally secure, but there's more to it than that. My entire life is hid with Christ in God. Now look at Colossians again and we're finished. And you can find that passage of scripture I was looking for. Colossians chapter 3, notice it again. If ye then be risen with Christ, here's the instruction this week. Seek those things which are above. If you grab a hold of everything that's on the earth, it's going to fade away, it's going to rot, it's going to rust. But if we will seek those things which are above, if we will set our affection on things above, not on things of the earth, and then he says in verse number 5, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, and he gives it in detail, Mortify these, put them to death, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of obedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them, but now ye also put off all these, 
anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Here's what he's saying. Live like you're a child of the king because you are one. Your life is hid with Christ in God. Stand with me if you will. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we do not need to seek things, thinking things of the earth will make us happy. No matter where we live, no matter what we live in, our joy, our happiness, our gladness is not dependent on those things. But it is dependent on our relationship with you. And I pray tonight if there are those here, they're saved. There's no doubt they're a child of God. But Lord, they've set their affection on things that fade away. I pray that tonight they would adjust by decision their affections and put them back on things that are eternal. Bless our invitation tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. As he sings on the invitation song, if there's a decision you need to make, if you're coming for salvation, I want you to come. If you're coming for baptism, I want you to come. If you're coming for church membership, you need to talk to one of these men or ladies in the front about salvation. You want someone to pray with you. Perhaps you need to rededicate your life to Christ. victory because we have victory in Christ. Live in joy. We have joy in Christ. Paul did not focus on his circumstances while in prison. Paul focused not on his circumstances, but his relationship with Christ. He said rejoice, but that's not all. He said rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. You may be seated.
I did not know that Cameron that got saved this morning after the service, I didn't know he came back. He told me, he said, I have to work tonight, and I can't come tonight. I don't know what he did to change his schedule, but he came back so he could get baptized tonight. Isn't that a blessing? Uh, Cameron Desmond, and so I'm glad that he did. Brother Alvarez, would you come up here and take this three, four minutes as we get ready for baptism and tell us about your work in Belize? Uh, as I understand it, you've been there 13 years, is that right? And uh, why don't you just take three minutes? Don't take up an offering or anything while I go back there. But uh, <laughs> I'm thankful for missionaries, aren't you? I'm thankful for missionaries, and I appreciate you, Brother Alvarez, and the work you're doing. Take about three or four minutes as we get ready. If we're not ready, Brother Young, or ladies, you can play till we get ready after he's finished. Thank you. Thank you. Um, good night. A <laughs> uh, little nervous here. <laughs> well, my name is Israel Alvarez. Uh, like Pastor said, we're missionaries in the country of Belize, Central America, and the Lord has uh, blessed us there. Um, all these years, we're from Pastor Bruce Goddard's church. Uh, we've been there for 13 years in that country. Uh, all these years, the Lord has really uh, uh, done a lot, of, a lot of work there as missionaries. We established two churches already. Uh, we're right now in furlough. The Lord um, took hard to pass by here, and I'm glad to be here with you all. Um, and then uh, go, we're going back in, in uh, this uh, May. Uh, we're going to start another two churches, so pray for us. We would like to start more churches as we are in the country of Belize. Uh, we have a, a church, uh, and then uh, we have a mission church, but we gave that mission church away about in, in September. Uh, we already gave that one, and the Lord has really blessed us now. We have children's um, uh, ministry. Uh, we have a feeding program that fits kids. We have uh, 45 to 50 kids every day that they go for lunch. They go back to their, their classes, uh, and we just give the gospel. We, we give them devotionals, and then they go back to their school. Uh, our church averages about 80 to 100 people um, weekly, and uh, that's apart from the children's ministry. And so that's why we like to start more ministries in the country of Belize. Uh, pray for us that the Lord will, will help us. Uh, we're right now, like I said, on furlough, raising a little more support so we can start these churches and we can do more for the cause of Christ. We also go to the schools. We have 27 schools open for us. Uh, so we have we had a lot of teams from the states that go to those schools and we preach in those schools. Uh, and in four, week, four days, uh, we have about 6,000 people that can hear the gospel. So we are very blessed to be in the country of Belize where it's wide open for the gospel wide open. So we go to all the schools, they let us go in, uh, and we have the opportunity to just preach the gospel to those people. Uh, we would like for you to pray for us, please, as we continue there. May God bless you. Thank you so much, Pastor. This is Cameron Desmond, upon the profession of your faith in Jesus Christ, to baptize thee, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Buried in the likeness of his death. Raised in the likeness of his death. Sarah and Russ Nicholson, and I'm thankful that she 
has trusted Christ as Savior, they are going to follow the Lord in baptism. Right there, stand up there. Put your hands together just like that. Bella. Bella, upon the profession of your faith in Jesus Christ, I baptize thee, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his death. Raised in the likeness of his death. Stand. Thank you for being in church tonight. I thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your work and everyone that's had a part in making today such a wonderful day. There's nothing like being a part of God's family, uh, the local church. Yeah. Heavenly Father, dismiss us with your blessings, I pray. Give us safety as we travel home. Lord, help us to set our affection on things above. I pray that you bless in the work the activities, the travel, all that will go on in this week. May we bring honor and glory to your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.